Have you ever felt it? That excitement, that hum that reaches into the very base of your stomach and makes your whole body feel alive? Well, your life can feel like that. Each week, I'll be sharing ways your personal wellness journey can lead you to a life that literally makes you hum. We'll be diving into all things nutrition, mindset, connection, spirituality and relationships to encourage you to be courageous and brave with your life and most importantly, unashamedly you. Together, let's find your hum. Hi, I'm Kirsty, your host, and this is episode 27 of Find Your Hum. A huge welcome to you, whether this is your first time tuning in or if you listen to all the 26 other episodes, welcome. April is World IBS Month. As a girl who loves all things guts and hormones, I had to take this opportunity to bring some awareness to this condition. Now, IBS is Irritable Bowel Syndrome. Personally, I was diagnosed with IBS in my early 20s and was told that it was just something I was going to have to live with. And I put have to live with in inverted commas. And live with it I did for most of the next 15 years. Although live with it could probably be the wrong choice of words because anyone with IBS would know that there are times when you don't actually live. It is more of a case of existing and of working your life around your symptoms. When you say you have IBS, you are almost dismissed by those around you because honestly, they just don't understand, whether that be friends and family, work colleagues or teachers, because until you've actually had to manage life, to juggle life around your symptoms, honestly, how can you really understand what it's like? Today, I'm going to touch briefly on what IBS is and then dive deeper into what is causing your IBS symptoms and of course, how you can get some relief. I also wrote an article early in the week that has some great response in which I want to share little snippets of it with you here. I hope it will open up discussion and the minds of those that treat and have IBS, allowing them to approach it in an entirely different manner. But please remember this podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not meant to diagnose or treat your condition. So for advice on your personal situation, please contact a health professional. If IBS is a problem for you or someone you know, I highly suggest downloading my free gut healing cookbook. I popped it together with some of my favorite gut healing recipes. So there's 11 different ones in there and they're all low reactive recipes, which means they don't give you some of the symptoms that you're probably used to dealing with if you have digestive issues. They're also made to actually heal your gut whilst taking away these symptoms. You can find the Gut Healing Cookbook over on my website under the resources section or I'll also pop the link in the bio for you. Okay, let's explore IBS. So I'm going to start with quickly touching on what IBS is. So as I said before, IBS stands for Irritable Bowel Syndrome. It is a pretty common gastrointestinal disorder and it affects the functioning of the bowel. It's really common in the fact that 10 to 15% of people worldwide suffer with it. Those that have IBS experience a range of symptoms such as abdominal pain, bloating, cramps, gas, constipation, and or diarrhea. These symptoms vary from person to person and also in intensity and duration. Interestingly though, IBS affects more women than it does men. Being diagnosed with IBS occurs after everything else has been ruled out. So you're not celiac, you don't have an inflammatory bowel disease, and there are no infections. 
From here, you'll probably be given some pretty basic guidelines, such as avoid foods that cause symptoms. And there is even the suggestion of things like Imodium to suppress any diarrhea you may have, Buscapan for bloating and cramping, and even laxatives for constipation. For those that experience IBS, I don't need to tell you how much it can impact your quality of life. And if you are like me, it's this impact on your life that may have you searching for answers. I wasn't happy to accept the doctor's advice of, well, you just need to eat more fiber and deal with it the best you can. I do want to make a little caveat here. This is not about doctor bashing. They have very limited time with patients and their role is primarily to stop us dying. As much as it may feel like it at times, IBS won't kill us. It is a syndrome, not a disease, and cannot be cured via a pill. So let's look at what potentially is causing your IBS symptoms. I'm going to start with our heads. Yep, our heads. I know some of you may be thinking, oh my God, she's gone mad. What does my head have to do with my bloating, my pain, my constipation, my diarrhea? But I can assure you, I haven't gone mad, not this time. Nor am I going to suggest that it is all in your head. Our brain detects messages from all of our senses. This includes our sense of smell and sight. Now, I don't know about you, but when I start to think about a yummy meal or smell the delightful aromas of something cooking, I honestly start to salivate. This is a way that our brain gets our body ready for food. Enzymes in our saliva are activated, ready to help begin break down our food. It also tells our stomach to start the production of acid, another key in healthy and effective digestion. Our head, and more particularly our brain and cranial nerve 10, the vagus nerve, has a lot to do with our digestive system. This vagus nerve is the bi-directional communication channel between our brain and our guts. It carries all the messages from our brain to our gut and our gut to our brain. Think about it like, you know, the old school tooting cans connected with a piece of string style communication. That is what our vagus nerve is. Our brain is constantly sending our digestive system messages to change what is happening in our digestive function. These signals are mainly in response to stress. If our brain detects adrenaline in our body, it will tell our gut to shut down. When the adrenaline subsides, it fires back up. Now, this doesn't have to be stress as we tend to think about it. Stress can come in the form of pressure and urgency. It can come in a physical form. And for most of my clients, it commonly comes as either mental or emotional stress. The first and most important part of our digestion is altered when this happens, and that is the acid our stomach makes. Our stomach acid is meant to be at a pH of 1.8. And considering that zero is pure acid, the most acidic thing something can be, our stomach acid is pretty damn acidic. The reason for this is the stomach has a huge role to play in the food digestion through breaking down chemical bonds that hold our food together. If you think about your food like a series of links on a chain, it is the job of our stomach acid to break these links in this chain so we are left with smaller portions of links, say approximately two to four links long. We want our stomach acid to begin to break down our food, to break the chemical bonds that hold it together. We want it to do this to be able to break apart the different nutrients and minerals. And we most definitely want it because it kills off any potential pathogens that have made it onto our food. Our stomach acid protects us by killing this harmful bacteria or viruses that enter the body through our food. 
So we do want this to stay nice and low. However, when we are stressed, our brain signals to our stomach to increase the level of pH in our stomach. I know this can be confusing, but the higher the pH our stomach acid is, the closer it is to neutral, therefore not acidic and not able to do its job. It has been shown that through times of prolonged stress, this pH can get as high as 4. I can tell you that this is not going to be starting the digestion of our food, nor protecting us from those bugs. Let me explain a little bit about the stomach acid's role in digestion so you understand how it could be causing your IBS symptoms. Going back to that chain analogy, when food enters our stomach, hopefully we have chewed it enough and the food enters our stomach at say seven to nine links long. If our stomach acid is not strong enough, instead of the food or the chain being broken into links say two to four links long, there are some that stay at say four to six links long. Our food then forms a little ball in our stomach, which is sent into the top part of our small intestine called the duodenum. If the pH is not high enough in our stomachs, in other words, when it's not acidic enough, then the signals to our pancreas to release our digestive enzymes are not effective because that little ball that comes out the bottom of our stomach is not very acidic, so it doesn't trigger these reactions. And it is these enzymes that continue to break down our food and help carry our nutrients from our digestive system into our bloodstream so our body can absorb them. Now, our body can only absorb food that has been broken down to one, maybe two links long at the most. These are our individual vitamins, minerals, sugars, amino acids, and things like that. So if those links are still four to six long, then we are missing out on nutrients. But more importantly here, those bits of food that would normally be digested, that normally would be broken down and absorbed in the small intestines, they find their way into the large intestines where they aren't meant to be and they can cause digestive problems such as bloating, wind and pain. This lack of acid really could be the cause of bloating, lack of energy, and the constipation and or diarrhea that you're experiencing. It can also cause a lack of nutrients, and in some cases, malnutrition, as even with the healthiest of diets, your body cannot extract the goodness from your food. As a side note, whilst reflux and heartburn aren't actually symptoms of IBS, this lack of acid could be the cause of any reflux, burping or burning sensation that you feel in your chest. Not enough acid causes the food to sit around, ferment and putrefy in your stomach, which bubbles back up into your esophagus. So addressing your stomach acid here might also be helpful. The vagus nerve that I was talking about before, it is also responsible for stimulating peristaltus. This is the contracting and relaxing of the stomach, which helps push food down. This can be turned off with short-term stress. However, long-term chronic stress can also have a huge impact. Magnesium is an important nutrient in the relaxation of muscles. It's also used up a lot in times of stress, as it is needed to turn off a lot of the switches that are turned on when we are stressed. We can also find ourselves low on magnesium due to the fact that our stomach acid has gone wonky. If we aren't breaking down our food, remember we aren't getting the nutrients, which means we aren't getting magnesium from our food. When our magnesium stores are depleted, we don't have enough to allow that squeezing action of peristaltus to relax completely. 
This then prevents a proper contraction during the next wave. It causes food to get backed up in our digestive system. It allows it to sit there for too long, which then it ferments and results in more gas, cramping, diarrhea or constipation. Now SIBO can also be a huge cause of IBS. 60 to 80% of people with IBS have SIBO, which is small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. This is where there is an overgrowth of bacteria and not necessarily bad bacteria in the wrong place. The bacteria is in our small intestines rather than our large intestine. This bacteria begins to ferment our food in the small intestine rather than in the large intestine where it causes an increase in gas and bloating. It also contributes to inflammation in the area which also possibly causes pain and other systemic conditions like food sensitivities, joint pain, mood disorders and skin issues. Addressing the SIBO could actually help address the symptoms that are causing your IBS. Now I've recorded a podcast on SIBO and rosacea which dives a little bit more into this condition so if you do have IBS I think that would be a great one for you to listen to. Now serotonin is thought of as our happy hormone and it certainly does play a role in our happiness but more importantly here it regulates how fast or slow our food moves through our digestive tract. It also alters our feeling of pain. Most people think this hormone is made in our brains and this is true but a huge percentage of it is made in our large intestine. In fact, 80 to 90% of our serotonin is made in our guts, and there are actually more receptors in our gut for serotonin than there are in our brain. Chronic stress depletes hormones like serotonin. This depletion decreases the movement of food through our digestive system, which means more fermentation and also increases the pain we feel. Serotonin can be so depleted that you actually don't have any to reuptake for the body to use. Many people find relief when they work to increase their serotonin levels. Their pain threshold increases, the consistency of their bowel movement improves, and it also reduces any anxiety and or depressive moods they may be feeling. Many who suffer with mood disorders will also have some form of digestive distress, mainly in the form of IBS. Now, if you want to dive a little bit more into the gut mental health link, head right back to the beginning of Find Your Hum, where I recorded an episode on this. And to this day, it is still one of the most popular episodes. And also a little side note here, antidepressants help you hold on to serotonin. They don't help you make serotonin. So you will need to simultaneously work with your body to increase its ability to make this hormone. If you are one of those that suffer from IBS or any other digestive complaint, Finding some release from your symptoms can be the difference between having a day full of pain and discomfort and being able to feel relatively normal. So as we started with our heads in what could be causing our IBS, let's do a bottoms up look on how we can get some relief. First up, we need to make sure we have a great gut function and a nicely balanced microbiome. This may or may not call for a much deeper exploration into your personal case. If this is true for you, the best way to tackle this is with a natural health practitioner that has some experience with this area. But for some great all-round advice, start with vegetables. Lots and lots of vegetables in lots and lots of varieties. You want to aim for at least 50% of your plate being from plants. Then add in a variety of sources of protein throughout the week, 
with some amazing sources of good healthy fats. Establishing a healthy microbiome and gut function allows food to move through efficiently, preventing any food from hanging around, which allows it to ferment and create gas, wind and pain, giving you much relief from your IBS symptoms. Taking down some of the inflammation is also extremely beneficial. Adding some yummy spices like turmeric and ginger to your meals or in your drinks will help reduce this inflammation. If you have an inflamed stomach, ginger may be too strong to start with, so go slowly. Relieving the pain associated with IBS can be helped through reducing the inflammation. Some yummy bone broth, some glutamine and or some slippery elm bark powder really does help soothe the lining throughout the digestive tract and kind of helps everything move down a little bit easier. And speaking of helping everything move down a little bit easier, stimulating that peristaltis, you know, that pump-like action that I spoke about earlier that prevents the food from sitting around too long. Well, both ginger and turmeric actually help here as well as the slippery elm powder, radish and lots of green leafy veggies. And our green leafy veggies help in a couple of other areas too. They are classified as bitter foods and actually help lower that pH level in our stomach. And remember, low pH stomach acid is a good thing. Green leafy veggies also contain magnesium, which is needed for that peristaltis, and it also helps us relax and sleep a little better. In addition to our bitter greens, things like citrus fruits, particularly lemons or apple cider vinegar can help lower that pH of our stomachs. Having a little apple cider vinegar or lemon in water five to 10 minutes before your food will help lower the stomach pH and stimulate your digestive enzymes ready for you to receive your food. And as I said earlier, digestion does start in our brains. It starts the moment we smell our food. We start salivating and send signals to the rest of our digestion that food is coming. But how often though do you rush eating Shoveling food into your mouth without stopping to appreciate what is coming next. I know I am certainly guilty of this. Not as much anymore, but definitely when my digestive complaints were at their worst, I would eat food in front of my computer at my desk, was driving. When I owned my own stores, it would be shoveling food in between customers. For as many meals as possible, I want you to eat in a relaxed environment and eat slowly, putting down your fork between mouthfuls, chewing your food properly. This can make a huge difference. Think about it. If you're eating three meals a day, that means 21 times a week, 84 times a month, you actually have a chance to change the way you digest your food and provide some relief from your IBS symptoms. Now let's really tackle that head part. Let's start with the vagus nerve. This is that direct path of communication from our brain to our digestive system and vice versa. We need this to be working optimally. This nerve sits in what is called our parasympathetic nervous system. It is our rest and digest state. If we have periods of chronic stress, we actually drop into this rest and digest state more infrequently and the vagal nerve becomes weak because we don't use it but we can stimulate the vagal nerve through some simple exercises. Now the vagus nerve actually goes through our throat. So doing 
work that actually stimulates our throat can really help our vagal tone. So think intense humming or gargling, like really gargling for like five or 10 minutes. Some deep belly laughs. So put on your favorite comedy show, favorite movie, get together with some friends and really laugh out loud. Or sit in the car and turn up your radio and sing like your life was dependent on it. Kind of think about all these exercises as like weights for your vagus nerve. I know they can seem a little bit silly and it's why I didn't begin with this one, but if you would like some relief from your IBS symptoms or any digestive issue, I really would add these to your arsenal. I spoke of a deficiency of serotonin as a cause for pain and to help our food move through our bodies. Now to make serotonin, our body needs something called 5-HTP, which is an amino acid that is derived from tryptophan. Tryptophan is found in beef, turkey, dairy products, and dark leafy greens. It also needs B vitamins, magnesium, and vitamin C. So by boosting up your levels of B vitamins, magnesium, and vitamin C, and ensuring adequate intake of meat protein and reducing your stress, your body will begin to produce serotonin again, which will allow some reduction in pain, also help improve your mood, and allow your food to move through your body easier. The last thing I'm going to talk about is stress reduction. I'm not actually sure why I left it to last because I actually think this is the most important. And I know a lot of us think I don't have time to partake in stress reducing exercise. And that's exactly why you need to. It can also be really hard to hold a mirror up to our lives to see that we have in fact created an environment that has led us to having these digestive problems. It is so much easier to take a pill rather than to change our way of being in the world. Whilst I've never really been one for popping a pill, I certainly do understand how confronting it can be to realise that maybe you are in a situation of your own making. It is with this personal experience that I can say it is crucial and an absolute necessary part of healing. So get honest with where the sources of stress are in your life. Address these areas where possible. And remember, baby steps are better than no steps. Maybe your stress is related to work. Maybe it's physical stress. Maybe it's the stress of trying to just do too much. I did a podcast episode titled Permission to Stop Juggling All the Balls. It was centered around this very thing. There actually are some balls that you can put down. There are some that you can let bounce. Look for those balls. And if you need help in the process, then reach out and ask for that help. Spend some time deep breathing. Research out of Harvard University has shown a 40% reduction of the impact of stress on our bodies by taking just 10 deep belly breaths every hour we are awake. This will literally take you two minutes to do every hour. Again, this can be quite hard if you've spent a lifetime of shallow breathing. It can feel almost impossible to get your breath past your heart. But I really do urge you to put this into your day. Stress, or more so the effect that stress has on your body, is a very common thread that I find with all of my IBS clients. 
Social connection and connection with nature are also extremely important for stress. Get together with friends and family. Laugh, eat, converse. Take a walk in nature with no music, no podcasts, and just listen, feel, absorb everything that is around you. Take your shoes off and stand on the grass. Get your hands in the soil. Do some gardening. This will not only help with stress reduction, getting out in nature also helps with our microbiome, which basically takes us full circle to back where we began when we started to find some relief from our IBS symptoms. So let's do a quick recap of that. Eat lots of veggies in lots of colours. Make sure your plate is 50% vegetables. Reduce inflammation with things like turmeric, ginger, slippery elm and bone broth. Stimulate that pump-like action with green leafy veggies, turmeric, ginger, radish and slippery elm. Lower your stomach pH with green leafy veggies, apple cider vinegar and or lemon juice. Eat in a relaxed environment. Slowly put down your fork and chew your food properly. Work on that vagus nerve with some gargling, humming, laughing and singing. Give your serotonin a boost with tryptophan, so that is like beef and turkey, some B vitamins, magnesium and vitamin C. And reduce that stress. Really get honest with yourself. Deep breathe. Connect with family, friends and nature. And to finish off, I'm going to, like I said, touch on the article that I wrote in which I posed the question, is IBS the condition or the symptom? Now, I didn't ask this question to diminish IBS in any way. Like I said, I am someone who was diagnosed with IBS in my early 20s, so I understand how very real this condition is. In fact, I'm pretty sure I had IBS from childhood. The reason I want to pose this question is so we can begin to open up the discussion on treatment and outcomes for those diagnosed with it. If IBS is considered a symptom, would we have better treatments available? If you look up IBS, you will often find that it is stated that there is no known cause. But as I've just shared in this episode, there are many things that could be causing your IBS. It is also commonly said there is no cure. And whilst I'm not going to definitely say you can be cured of IBS, you most certainly do not have to live with the fluctuating symptoms and restrictions on your life, nor do you have to just live on a variety of medications. Working in the natural health sphere, we are trained to treat the root cause of what our clients are presenting with. It is actually one of the parts of my job I love the most. It's kind of like being a detective and I get to work out what is happening with each of my clients. When I see clients that have been given the diagnosis of IBS, they have often been suffering with it for many years. One, because it took them quite a while to get diagnosed, and two, because they have probably followed the suggestions of reducing certain foods and band-aiding their symptoms with medications. And that is exactly what it is. It is a band-aid solution. As someone who has had to jump on planes and give presentations during an IBS flare, I can honestly say there are times when Imodium was absolutely needed just to make it through the day. What it doesn't address though is why the diarrhea was occurring in the first place. Why are you constipated for days? Why is it that some days you are doubled over in pain or look five months pregnant? I actually think if some professionals could look at IBS as a symptom 
rather than the condition, it may actually help. And honestly, this is something we do all the time in natural health, but I know it's not common in the wider health community. If we look at IBS as a symptom of, say, our nervous system or our upper digestive system or even our hormones, then maybe the treatments for IBS would be aimed here rather than just trying to, say, stop the cramping with a little bit of buscapan. This really is just a different way of looking at the root causes of your IBS. But when you pose a question that challenges the way something is currently viewed, it is often met with a discussion and open mind to change the way we currently do something. As frustrating as it can be getting to the bottom of what is causing your IBS symptoms, and it can kind of make you feel like you're almost in your own whodunit novel, it is absolutely worth it. From personal experience, there are so many more foods I can enjoy now. I no longer have to plan my life around my IBS, and there are numerous amounts of others that I've treated that have honestly found the same relief. It may take exploring a few different avenues of inquiry before you stumble on the one thing or like me, the handful of things that causes your IBS and the practices that can give you relief, but the investigating, the trial and error, honestly, they're worth it. If you need some additional help and support, please feel free to reach out. I have a free 20-minute consult available if you want to chat through your particular situation, which I'll pop a link to in the show notes, or you can find out other ways to work with me over on the website. And please, Don't forget to grab yourself a copy of that free gut healing cookbook. You will absolutely love the recipes in there. Cheers for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Hum. Don't forget to subscribe. Oh, and tell your mates about it.